All right, welcome to Trucking After Hours. It's the week of March 9th, 2000 plus 20. And Don hasn't seen uh, the working title for tonight's show yet, have you? Uh, no, I have it's, not. It's right there on Facebook. Uh, what a, can, can you read what I put on the Facebook page there? Oh, you can't read it because we're going. Why no. I love flatbed bed trucking and will truckers have more gas? That one you really need to yes, explain a little more. Yes, will truckers have more gas? We will get into will truckers have more gas. Oh, I hope not. I, I do think they will. I think there's more gas in our future. With that, hey, guys, yeah, welcome to the Trucking Podcast. Buck Ballard here. Don shaking his head over there. Don the beer guy here. And, of course, all things Facebook. Spacebook? Facebook. Spacebook, oh, okay. Facebook. <laughs> the castle curator, Chris. Space Force. It's, it's not <laughs> even a, a scientific data package it's, of here's what it takes to it, idle a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great word. I don't know why people think it's made word. up. <laughs> I am going to have so much fun with that. I got to go back and find a few of mine. Yeah. Uh, so tonight, why we love, why I love flatbed trucking, even though I'm not doing it right now. We're going to talk a little bit about some nuclear verdicts and uh, kind of a, a different way of looking at some of that stuff and some lawsuit stuff. And, of course, why I love flatbed trucking and a few of the things that just downright suck. But in my opinion, not as bad as some other options. Uh, good this sure. week in beer. And then what did you learn? Because I didn't find a uh, big rolling turd or a really bad ad. That's all right. You know, we, we, we had our quarterly safety meeting and I had a. Uh, Ross, who on um, say Ross gives us most of our bad ads, finds them when he's uh, got slow time at work and uh, <laughs> sends them my way. And I ran into him this week, and he had a really good one about two Oscar Mayer Wienermobiles for sale. <laughs> and it turns out that it was a it was a fake news. So uh, we decided not to. Ah, uh, oh, dang it! Yeah, I would buy one in a heartbeat. Yeah, we we couldn't run with the Wienermobiles, but it was what it was. What do you say we take a minute to share the love? You've been hearing us talk about Trucker's Edge for a good four years now. They've been great friends of the show, and we are proud of our affiliation with Trucker's Edge. Again, Trucker's Edge powered by DAT, only the best load board in the industry. More loads, more brokers. You can get days to pay. You can get credit scores. You can get 15-day lane averages. You can even get tri-haul services. You can cancel it at any time. But here is the coolest part. Go to truckingafterhours.com slash edge, or just go to Trucking After Hours and look for the ad in the sidebar. You can sign up there for any one of their three plans absolutely free for 30 days. So run that out for uh, 28 days. See what you think. If you don't like it, cancel it. We think you'll like it. We think you'll stay. And again, truckingafterhours.com slash edge, or just go to the website and check it out, guys. We know you will be happy. Don, I sent you a link a little bit ago. I think I tagged it shiny object and texted it to you. Yes, I got shiny object a little after eight and then sat around and waited for what this shiny object is. But I figured you were distracted by a shiny object. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Oh, man. this is... um, I, I opened it, but I did not really get a chance to read it. Do you remember several episodes ago, we talked about an experimental diesel engine that was technically six pistons, three cylinders? Vaguely, yes. And it was like a flat, 
flat engine, so it'd look like a Subaru engine or an air-cooled Volkswagen engine, a flat. Yeah. Well, it turns out they had this in Australia in the 50s. Okay. And and this was for, I, I want to talk a little bit about some gas engine stuff that I think is cool. But this is actually, this just got me. This was known as the Commer Knocker. The Commer <laughs> Knocker is back, and it is the it was the Commer TS3, and it powered a brand of trucks in Australia called the Commers. And it was known mm-hmm. for the knocky noise that it makes because of the way the cylinder configuration is. So it's okay. funny what worked then is coming back. And as long as we're doing going into this, I just here's what led me into this. We're going to jump ahead and we're going to do these in a different order. And we're going to do the gas stories first, because I think I think we're starting to see a trend here as diesels become a royal pain in the ass. And I think these articles are kind of kind of mentioning and bringing up that same thing. What I was looking at, the first one is, um, well, no, I only had one here. We're looking at the other one. Work Truck Online. And in that article, now Work Truck Online is more medium duty class, you know, everything above a, above a three and below an eight for the most part. And they're advertising a Suzu in, in their, which basically would be a cab over. It's a cab forward truck. A new gasoline engine for that truck, a 6.6 liter uh, L head V8, which means it's, you know, Cam in the middle, overhead valve, your classic V8 that just works very well. We talked, what, how many weeks ago? About Ford, actually a few months ago, about Ford and their new uh, 441 cubic inch gasoline V8. Yes. And that's going to see some service in medium duty. Why are these gasoline engines showing up all of a sudden? In commercial. Nobody wants to deal with death and diesel particulate filters and engine regeneration and exactly all this BS that's skyrocketing the price of trucks and skyrocketing maintenance costs. All of the bigger fleets that I'm reading on, if they have a truck that's doing less than 50 or $60,000 or 50 or 60,000 miles a year, they're going to gas just because of that. It's just cheaper to buy, cheaper to maintain. You no longer have the economy difference that you once had. You know, the gas engines are getting better and better mileage, so you go a little slower up the hill. But at least the stupid thing isn't breaking and doing a regen on the side of the road. Well, and if I remember right, they were coming out with two of these gas engines, weren't they? I believe they were. What The big one and one and... Uh, there was a 6.6 a six and a 6... Oh, let me try. Yeah, the 6.6 six V8 and then a 6-liter V8. And you know... Uh, the V8s work great for truck motors. They always have. Yeah. Up to 19,500 pounds gross vehicle weight rating. So there's your Red Bull truck, your uniform delivery truck, your Yeah. You probably somewhere down the line your UPS truck. The UPS guys, uh the the vending machine guys, a lot of companies use diesel right now, but this probably going to be a, a much cheaper way for them to go the natural gas trucks the electric trucks the hydrogen trucks all of that stuff is really pr the bottom line yeah. is what is the most efficient way to get this job done and that's what they're going to do and i i think we're going to see a resurgence of gas engines as we roll into the 2021 
Because guess what? All of these DEF and DPF and all of this crap we've been doing for the last 15 years ain't good enough. So there's new standards. Nope. There's going to be more. And there's <laughs> – you can even hear some of these these uh, environmental people talking about the regulations that they want to impose 10 years from now. I feel bad for the – auto manufacturers and the the engine designers that okay we we've tweaked this thing as much as we can tweak it now let's plan for five years from now when we got to shave another 30 percent off of this thing well that's you know, i mean you you can't any auto manufacturer you can't just keep an engine and okay we're going to run this one for four years because in two years it's going to be obsolete and we're going to have to make it better Exactly. And it's just going to be more and more and more expensive. I I go back to the dually that I put in the uh, post a couple of weeks ago, and I went and took that picture at our local Chevy store. $80,400, I think that thing was. Yeah, just ridiculous. For trucks that 20 years ago were a third of the price to, well, I'm looking at the window sticker on the wall over here. It's part of the... Uh, Automobilia hanging on the walls for the 2500 4x4 quad cab Ram SLT. And I believe that number is $31,000. We bought Jeez. it used, we bought it used for 18, you know, had a hundred and something thousand miles on it, but 31 to 80. Granted, that was a 2001 in 19 years. 19 years, it's gone up $50,000. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, that was 10 thought, 10,000 less, but that's still over double for the, well, you look at the stuff you can't get anymore. That truck had a international five-speed transmission. The yeah. only thing you get is a 10-speed automatic. So you're yeah. buying, and, and you know, it's not because, gee, people wanted a 10-speed automatic pickup. It's because that's what you've got to do to meet all of the new requirements. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just nuts. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a resurgence in gas for applications that aren't doing more than 50,000, 60,000 miles a year. That might yeah. even affect your industry and, and, and your end and the stuff you drive. Oh, yeah. Easy. You know, we're putting on, what did we do on our two new ones? Twenty-five to 30000 So if you had a big gas motor in there, and even if the gasoline is cheaper, you're going to get less mileage. You're going to have to have a, a bigger tank. But you know what? Even if you spent 50% more, 100% more on fuel, it's going to be cheaper to run. So Absolutely. It, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, enough of beating that horse into the ground. Did you read this article for the lawyers hiring people to get in truck wrecks? Yes. Now, and maybe this was one that was just in show notes and we never got around to it. But I remember reading something about this not that long ago, but it was right at the beginning stage. This wasn't people had pleaded guilty. This was uh, they're, they're doing a serious investigation into a certain lawyer. And they've. Not named the lawyer, but the lawyer was actually meeting people, telling this guy, what, I'll pay you $1,000 for each person you can get in your car and stage a wreck? Yeah. <laughs> with a with a semi, or a, a tractor trailer. This? Uh, so, yeah, it's, and this was, I, I didn't even see how long this has been going on, but I want to say it was like 40 accidents that had been caused because of this lawyer. These are the reprobates that come crawling out of the woodwork when you have these huge verdicts. Yeah. I was interested to read, as, as uh, and we'll get to that in another article, 
what was one of them that was $280 million verdict that the judge kicked it down to a mere $180 million? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that that is this case. This is in New this is just in New Orleans. This isn't a big national thing. This is one city. I guarantee you, gee, where else could you find crooked lawyers? <laughs> I don't know. Any in other, any law office? <laughs> any other big city. <laughs> Dewey Cheatham and Hal. <laughs> a William Shatner billboard sign. Yeah. Dude, he just turned eighty nine. And he looks like he's sixty two. Yeah, maybe not. No, yeah. 72 at least. 72. I guess he just went through a divorce and they had a big custody fight over a horse. Oh, really? You're off on a shiny object. I'm off on another shiny object, but wow. I, I just think it's funny. Let's get this thing back on track. Yeah. And let's just shoot into that story on um, the response to the nuclear verdicts. Because this when I started digging into this, and this one is off of Yahoo News. And it's really interesting. And this is from. Did you just call it Yahoo yes, News? Yes, he did. Yahoo News. Yahoo. Yahoo Finance. Well, Finance. I'll be dang. Finance.yahoo.com. <laughs> Were you done talking about the attorneys? Because you got off on such a shiny object. Well, no, we're still talking about attorneys because it, that's it what ties, the article on Yahoo the, talks the about. Here, here's the point make it stop. Confronting the nuclear verdict to tr- to th- uh, threat to bleh, 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 bleh. let me try this what the hell are you drinking <laughs> <laughs> okay now that my lungs That's are clear better. <laughs> making it stop confronting the nuclear verdict threat to trucking companies now there is no clearly defined nuclear verdict but they are assuming Anything over five million dollars. So that's five fine. Dollar award is is going to be considered a nuclear verdict. Let's just agree now. But, if we sue anybody, we'll settle for four point nine. That way, we're not a nuclear. Yeah, verdict. I don't want to draw attention to to it. There you we know, go. we'll just we'll keep it small. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say there are several times throughout a week that I do examine things for a warning label, uh, just to see. Hey, you know, can I hurt myself? In such a way that I can still live, but I can live a heck of a lot more comfortable with several million dollars. I still want to know who the Nimrod was that stuck his head in the hand dryer where you pull the cloth down and it comes down and goes back up the other side. And it's always clearly labeled. Do not stick your head in there. Yeah. Well, now they've got the the little device that hangs down that the towel goes through. So you cannot hang yourself. It's some kind of weird breakaway. Yeah, I want to know who who almost hung themselves in a towel dispenser. Well, you don't find those in prisons anymore. Maybe maybe Epstein had a towel dispenser in his cell. Let's not get started on that. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> oh man. Oh, by the I'm, way, by the I'm way, I'm fine with the uh, the. You know what? Hey, this is a hot cup of coffee. Sure, pour it on myself. Yeah. Ooh, I need Ouch. five mil. <laughs> well, by the way, boys and girls, yeah, this podcast has been known to cause cancer in the state of California. Full disclosure here. <laughs> Everything's known to the state of California to cause cancer. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? So the whole point in this article is we have these court cases. And it's not just the two or three that we've mentioned in the show. Because, you know, I don't go near a lot. I love this industry. It's been good to me. It's been good to my yeah. family. It's been good to Don. It, it's paid a lot of bills. It's the first career move I've made that I have stayed with for over 20 years. 
Yeah. So I, I really don't like trashing it. Things happen, and I understand that. And that's why we talk about this. But what their point is in here is the trucking companies and their lawsuits and their law firms and the response, it's like you've got a law firm with deep pockets that sees multimillion-dollar verdicts. Your insurance company is saying, yes, we want you to defend this case. Here's $50,000. The law firm might be spending three days deposing one witness, and your budget allows four hours to depose the same witness. Right. Who's going to get more information? The people that have more time and, and more, more resources. And it, it seems in any, in any of the, the, big verdicts that we've talked about or any that you even, you know, hear about on, on the news as soon as, okay, boom, Hey, I own, you know, Joe Schmo's trucking. We're being sued. It's, it's, it almost seems like it suddenly becomes not even about right or wrong. It's damage control. That's all that the insurance company and the law firm for the trucking company are worried about is let's pay them off as cheaply as possible. You know, and, and rightly so, but let's look into, hey, how can we avoid just writing checks all the time? You know, and that was one of the things is, yeah, when when somebody gets a $280 million verdict that came down to a $180 million verdict and you offered them a $25,000 settlement when maybe you should have offered them a $4 million settlement. Right. And you thought that was ridiculous, but guess what? <laughs> It's a heck of a lot cheaper than 180 million. <laughs> exactly. Um, however, we did learn next shiny object. Thank you to uh, what Brian Williams and who the hell else was oh, it? Oh, good lord! This I... was. They were talking about Bloomberg and his, you know, failed presidential campaign. Yeah. And they were saying what he put in a little over 500 grand. No, $500 yeah. million. $500 million. And, yeah, and they said, he could give a million dollars to every person in the country with that money. Oh, there's 500 people in the country? <laughs> awesome. And, and they actually went on to have a intellectual discussion about how everybody in the country could have a million dollars out of the $500 million. <sighs> I'm moving. <laughs> oh, that, that was just hilarious. Um, back to the, uh, back to the article, they're talking about, uh, one of the people giving the presentation and this, this was at an Atre uh, seminar. Yeah, this was, this is a, a branch off of the American Trucking Association, is it not? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're talking about one of the presenters brought up a similar observation down to a more granular level. He laid out a scenario in which a company's insurer says to the defense attorney, I want you to defend this case, but here's your budget for doing this. And, you know, he talks about the limits. Uh, the insurance industry has also taught lawyers to do the minimum. Meanwhile, attorneys for plaintiffs are running full-blown mock trials to prepare for the case. Uh, the general sentiment was that trucking industry just doesn't get it. Nobody actually used that term, but there's a fundamental advantage that plaintiffs' attorneys have in that they're representing people who may have gone through a terrible medical ordeal or lost a loved one. The message needs to change. In response to those very human-based arguments, trucking companies are putting up experts who are talking about braking distance and other technical factors, and the dry arguments are unlikely to sway a jury. We need yeah. to 
Yeah, they need to figure out how to make the trucking companies under or the jury understand the trucking companies are a good steward. Uh, they have a good safety culture and they are job creators. What they're doing isn't, and at least they're acknowledging we are defending this the wrong way. We need a new tactic. Yeah. I go back and think my one and only time on a jury, I get a summons. I, and it's what, maybe April or May when I got, it was summertime when I got that. And I called, and this was in Barron County, right there in Rice, in uh, Wisconsin. Yep. And I called the whoever it was at the city courthouse or the county courthouse that's in charge of it. And she told me right up front, she says, first off, if you're going to try and say you're an over-the-road trucker and you can't serve jury duty, you're going to lose. I've, I've danced this dance before, and I always win. But she said, what I will do is I will put you on the docket for December because we don't get a lot of cases really close to Christmas. And your company will work with you. All you have to do is call in on Monday morning. And if you have jury duty that week, you're not going on the road. You have jury duty. Right. My boss agreed. Well, sure enough, I called in. I think I had two weeks. And the first week, there was nothing. The second week, yes, there's a trial. You have to be here Monday. Great. All right. Fine. So I go in Monday and the case is some guy who ran his car into a tree and he had a bottle of booze and he was drunk and the bottle was three quarters empty or whatever the case may be. And, uh, oh, this is great. You know, the questions they're asking the potential jury pool, has anyone here had a problem with alcohol? Well, up goes my hand. Is anyone here in, in, in AA? Well, up goes my hand. And is, uh, has anyone here had a, a good friend killed by a drunk driver? And up goes my hand. And it's like, they're going to throw my ass out. I'll be back behind the road in the morning. <laughs> no. Not only nope. was I on the jury, they made me the damn foreman. <laughs> <laughs> So we sit through this trial, which should have lasted 45 minutes. The guy was yeah. guilty as hell. And this is exactly, exactly what this is talking about. We agonized through another four and a half, five hours of statistical data packages that, you know, I mean, just <laughs> all of the crap about blood alcohol and how long it stays in the system and what kind it was yeah. and could he have left the bar from and, and it was just it was crap it, it didn't need yeah. to be there and i was so pissed when we finally went to the jury room it's like there were two things they had to prove and it's like i don't think they proved either of them i i am pissed take them out back I, and hang them not guilty <laughs> i i have no desire to convict this guy none whatsoever yeah. because the district attorney pissed me off and wasted my time. And everybody says, ah, oh, no, he's guilty. Well, it takes 11 to 1 to be guilty, and I'm the only one saying not. So I'm not going to win this argument, and I'm not going to spend four hours trying. I just wanted to prove a point about pissing away my time. Well, I might as well give him 12 to nothing and agree with them, because he certainly was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very obvious. <laughs> so somewhere in, in my archives of stuff, I have a very nice thank you letter from... Uh, Judge Bruder in Barrett County for, uh, wasn't that his name, Bruder? He's retired now. Yes. Yeah, for yeah. being a, a jury foreman in his courtroom. <laughs> That's nice. That's kind of cool. But, but I get the point. You can't come up with all of this data about all of the stopping distance and all of that crap. Well, some of that stuff, yes. It it, it could have a place depending on the circumstances of the accident and, and the trial. But you cannot base your whole defense on, well, we're a safe company. You know, we've never had a major accident like this before. This driver, he's been a good driver for 
185,000 miles. And it, you know, after a while, the people listening to all these facts tune out the facts. Oh, yeah. I don't care how many times you're asked, can you remain impartial? Yeah, of course I can. At the end of the day, okay, you've blabbed on to me for eight hours about the stopping distance of a semi. This grieving mother's daughter is dead. And, you know, and that's and, reality. And, and that is that is a, a harsh reality of a lot of these uh, lawsuits. And I remember somewhere in that article, they had said, you know, out of all of these major damages awarded, nobody has ever gone and done the research to ask these juries, you know, hey, what made you decide to award that much money? Yeah. You know, what made you decide? Yes the truckers weren't able to prove that it was not their fault. And to me, if, you know, if I own a trucking business and I'm just paying one of these, that's going to be the first thing I want to know. You find out every, every little tiny reason that they said, yes, this is why we awarded it. Cause I never want this to happen again. No. And, and it needs to stop. Yeah. It's, it's just nuts. <laughs> Flat duck, the duck. We'll move on to the duck. Flat bedding's cool. It, you know, and and here's the deal. It, it's we've talked about this before. Oh, what's going on on Facebook? Well, by the way? just as you start this, we hear from Russell, who says, "Been a flatbedder for five years. Wouldn't do anything else. I love it. I'm a Southeast regional driver these days. Also, I used to be a Miller Coors distributor, running bulk in U-boats before I became a flatbedder. Right. Flatbedding is ten times less stressful than being a beer distributor." <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and, what, and what's worse than uh, delivering beer, being in charge of, what, a half a dozen trucks delivering beer and delivering beer? Uh, well, running trucks or trucks, because that's a totally different uh, number. We have, what do I have? <laughs> I have 13, 13 trucks in my fleet. I have nine that are running right now. I got 10 drivers. Uh, and, hey, I, I give him credit for doing bulk for five years. I, I am not a bulk dry. You give me you give me thirty bars in a day over two bulk stops in a day. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do all day? I spent four hours in a damn quick trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is when that, I got done with that, I spent six in a Walmart. <laughs> oh man. I remember doing that bread route, worst job I ever had in my life for the oh. four months I did it and just you know, what do you do? Lift, twist, lift, twist, lift, twist. Yep. And it's like I have never been in so much pain and, you know, and I've, I've thrown calves, I've thrown straps, I've opened and closed containers on a regular basement, a basis, <laughs> try that and throw your bag out. If you are, if you are in any kind of uh, delivery industry, your entire job will be bend, lift, twist, everything <laughs> you are not supposed to do with your back. You are going to do it 40 to 60 hours a week. Yes. <laughs> well, the company looks the other way because... You know, in every company, you might have all of these great things to do and safety, safety, safety. And, oh, yeah. then, and then there's, we got to look the other way because these guys are getting the job done. Yeah. We get, uh, once a year, we have the nerdy guy in a bow tie and glasses and a tucked in polo shirt comes in. He's, he's the uh, insurance guy and he will preach to us about, you know, the, the importance of working safely and, He's the guy that thinks we should all wear reflective vests and put our cones out when we park in a parking lot. And we've, we've fought all that garbage off. 
<laughs> but he'll spend about 45 minutes of his two-hour presentation talking about how to properly lift things. And I got a, I, I got in a little bit of hot water the last time he was up there because I said I flat out asked him. I said, "Would you please come here on a working day, and you know, give us a demonstration on these 185 pound kegs that are up in the wheel bay? How we're supposed to properly get them out and then double stack them and take them up and down stairs without using our back <laughs> or twisting our body." <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he didn't I, have an answer. <laughs> you, you never speak at a safety meeting. There's, there's the safety no, meeting. No, the, the I, le- caught, I caught hell for that. <laughs> it, except for one thing. Hey, and somebody, I mean, I, I did this the last two. They had one question and it was a safety <laughs> question with the company logo. And the answer is it a big ass sticker on the wall. And <laughs> nobody's saying a word. And I says, I got it. And I read the sticker on the wall. And what I get? A $20 gift certificate for Culver's? Yeah. I did that nice. twice. So I'm waiting for it this last one. And no, we had other stuff to do. And, and that one was rather important because where I work is a seaport. So there's annual training we have to go for for that. And it's, we had to endure pretty, that. Pretty intense. Yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> okay. Flat bedding. Here are some of the things and not just the normal stuff, but the out of the way stuff. First plus of flat bedding. Spread axle trailers. Yes. Which means those back axles, those tandem axles are usually eight to 10 feet apart, depending on where you are in the operation. Uh, in most applications, you still are limited to 80,000 pounds, but 40 of them can be on those spread axles. <laughs> if those spread axles are super singles, be careful because I know North Dakota cuts you down, I think to 36. A couple of states cut down on that 40. With the super singles? With the super singles, yes. you got to watch that. I don't know if it's still that way because I've been out of it for a few years. Now, since you have spread axles, guess what else just went out the window? That stupid California bridge scale formula. That stupid everywhere bridge scale formula. (laughs) You got that right. They're fixed. They're there unless you're set up to go in and out of Canada. And then, uh, I don't know, sucks to be you. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it does. (laughs) Generally, you get a, a higher cent per mile. Um, the mileage, generally a flatbedder will drive a few less miles and get a little more money per mile. Yeah. Unless you work at uh, one of the places that I used to work at where you can still get 3,500 miles a week <laughs> and be home on the weekend. <laughs> Perfectly legal too. Exactly. Uh, I have in all of my years flatbedding, I have been to a grocery warehouse twice and that was to deliver uh, HVAC equipment that came off the flatbed with a crane and went on the roof of the grocery warehouse. Yeah. No lumpers, no uh, anything that keeps me away from grocery warehouses. Uh, I am all for that. Deadheading is certainly less expensive when there's no wind resistance on your trailer, which means if you need to go a little farther to get that great load, boom. It's not making noise while you sleep. You ever see the, uh, custom cab overs with the big long stretch frame and then the reefer trailer way back there with the 20 foot way on the back yeah trying to get away from the noise those things gotta be annoying oh they are i've never i've never pulled a flatbed with a reefer trailer or with a reefer unit on it you know exactly how well the load is going to stay put and there's a little bit more to this one than just load securement and you go pick up a locked sealed 53-foot dry van, you've got to read the bills and just figure out what's in there and how it's loaded because that's going to dictate how you drive. 
Right. You read in there and you read, oh, gee, I have five rolls of paper. Or it, uh, let's say that'd be a little too low. Typical load that I roll, that, that I would have hauled, it had seven rolls of paper. Four on the tail, three in the nose. And if you read the dimensions, they are eight feet wide, which means they're standing on end. And you've probably got a 30-foot gap between the four and the three. And the only thing holding them in place is a rubber mat under that roll. So what do you know? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So what do you not want to do under any circumstances? Fast turns. Fast turns or stab those Slamming brakes. on the brake. Exactly. You see exactly what you got. And if you, right. if you did a drop and hook, hey, you can lift the tarps and take a look. Um, so you know what's going to stay put. You always have the opportunity, maybe not with your company, but within the industry, uh, to do some oversized. I found the sweet spot in oversized was anything up to 12 feet kind of creates a new, a new book of rules in most states. Yeah. So 11, 11 and under, you get good money. The, the, the rules are pretty easy to follow. And a lot of states, you're not going to be able to run more than 30 minutes past sundown. So you get your sleep every night and you get extra money driving. You Bang. did that a lot with the, uh, Scales. The scales. Yes. I remember you saying you liked those because you got to sleep almost every night. I got to go to sleep not too long after the sun went down and get up not too long before the sun came up. Yeah. And in all of my years of uh, going to bed at 3 a.m. when Art Bell was boring and uh, having the alarm set for 545. Now there are. If I drink this Red Bull now and take a nap, I'll be ready to go in forty-five minutes. <laughs> exactly. Now there are a few states that will let you run at night with the proper lighting. So we had, you know, those scales were all steel. We had magnet lights that took batteries, and we'd put no. those strobe lights on in the appropriate places. Uh, Washington was one of those, and the nice thing about that is you could get up two hours early and. Provided you could park where you were delivering, you could get in before curfews. Because a lot of cities will have curfews on um, no oversize between, you know, 7.15 and 9.15 for rush hour, that sort of thing. Right. They don't want you there during the rush hour. Right. Which I, I would want to be driving. Exactly. Uh, one other nice thing about it, especially if you're finding your own freight, if it's snowy and maybe you're in uh, Oregon trying to get back to Wisconsin, which happened many a times. Okay, you look for something heavy because you know you're going through snow. Lumber. Yep. Yeah, put on put on 50,000 pounds of lumber, and at least I've got traction. Now let's go after some of the bad things because, you know, everything has its drawbacks. You ever back up a spread axle trailer? It can be a bit of a trick. I'm sure it can. But you're just not sure which one of those uh, axles is going to grab hold. Yeah. Steel mills. They're the grocery warehouse of flatbeds. <laughs> <laughs> You're at that mercy. Oh my gosh. I, you'd go in and it, you know, and it was funny because one of them, and it was the mill we hauled the most out of in Chicago, we would go in there with both flatbeds and with dry vans, but the flatbed would get maybe two or three large coils and a coil looks like a big spool. You're just spooling up for those of you who don't know, you know, a big, the stuff they're going to make car fenders or whatever the case may be. A lot of times it's tin, it's aluminum, it's siding, but it's it's rolled steel. It's rolled up. Yes. And they have to be secured in a certain manner because the average coil accident in Indiana where they were losing coils left and right was about $80,000 because when a coil falls off your trailer, the banding tends to come off of it and it tends to roll down the road and unwind. <laughs> 
But I'd watch the yeah, How do you clean up that? How many guys on the side of the road does it take to re-roll a coil? Six in a torch. <laughs> they just cut it into squares and it becomes scrap. Oof. And then eventually it's another coil. Pricing mistake. But yeah, I remember reading that. The average recovery between the coil and the wreckage and everything else is right around 80 grand. So you need to know what you're doing, but you'd haul those big coils. It took longer to load them. It took longer to strap them. Then you had to tarp them. And then, uh, of course, the small coils you could put in the back of a dry van, and you know what you're doing, and you put these little metal stars under the pallets to help them stick to the floor, and then you don't tailgate. But, you know, you could be in and out of there in a dry van in an hour, and you're going to be out of there. It's going to take them an hour to load you and another hour and a half to tarp. So there were issues there. You also, you want to make sure the company is paying you to tarp, not just the extra miles. Because if you're doing an 80 mile run, it's going to piss you off that you spent two hours securing and tarping a load and you didn't get paid for it. That's true. It's easier to eat that no tarp pay when you got a 2000 mile run. Yeah. Now do, do most companies pay tarp, tarping pay? I would say, you know, I couldn't tell you now. I can tell you in 2010, it was probably 50-50. Okay. Um, however, didn't, but they gave us four cents a mile more. Always did not, but they gave us, I don't remember how much more. I think it was only two a mile more. But I'll I'll trade that for the oversize. And I didn't do much Chicago and back. That's what would beat you up is, you know, steel mill to steel mill to steel mill to steel mill. And, right. You know, 300-mile runs in an hour and a half of throwing tarps. But, uh Tarp suck in bad weather. If it's windy, it's snowy, it's rainy, it you know, embrace the suck. Folding that tarp just isn't going to be easy. No. So you have I wouldn't some, want to do that. You have some issues there. Pitching those straps, um my left shoulder is in pain. And yeah. And it, you know, between those straps and six years of hauling calves. <laughs> <laughs> those calves didn't get on that upper deck by themselves, boys and girls. Uh, no. Yeah. But I I will tell you, um, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, <laughs> you do that for a while and you get really good at rolling straps. You know, and you- I don't know how many times I've been yelled at for the way I roll my ratchet straps up. <laughs> and it, what do you care? Well, if you got to throw it over something, you know, I did this for 20 years hauling <laughs> flatbits. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> Well, and, you know, here's the two things that would irritate me with rolling those straps is so you've got a, you got to have a strap high enough to go from the flatbed up over a, a 13 six load. So you, you usually have a strap that's 30 feet or more. So, uh, and if you're hauling a step deck, you've got a longer strap. Two things would irritate you. One would be the last guy who used the strap folded it in half before he rolled it. So as you <laughs> pitch it, you realize you're looking at the other end that is not going to go over the top. It's so, not going to make it. Yeah. So not only do you have to throw it again, you have to re-roll it. And that is, so when you find out who it is, you just threaten to kill them. Yeah. The problem solved. <laughs> the other irritant, and uh, well, I don't know if they still do it, but TMC, beautiful black Peterbilts for the most part. Yep. Um, TMC stands for Trucks Moving Coils. Um, okay. They trained their guys to roll the hook on the inside. There's the hook that goes on the lip of your trailer. Yep. And then there's the part that goes into the ratchet. Well, most people would throw, hook the hook, hook that lip, and then take a little off, pitch it over the trailer. Not TMC. They have that hook in the middle. 
which uh-huh. means whatever is parked on the other side, that big old metal hook is going to bounce off of. So <laughs> you just knew if there's six trucks out there doing load securement, don't park near the Black Pete from TMC. No, you'll get hit with a hook. <laughs> Good chance something's going to go wrong, yes. So you didn't do that. And I'll tell you the other thing with flat bedding, you are going to get dirty. You're going to get sweaty. You might not always be able to find a shower. So, you know, you can buy baby wipes. You can, you know, they make some big adult wipes at uh, Walmart you can get, but you're always going to want to have some other way to clean up. That's called a whore bath. Yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. That's what my dad called it, the whore's bath. I've been at a few music festivals where I've lived on that for about four days. And, <laughs> you know, it works okay. By day three, you're going, what's the point? This uh, this does nothing. There is an odor that I haven't smelled since I was 13 <laughs> years old arguing with you on why do I need to shower every day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, is that not the truth or what? <laughs> all I, all- I will say, though, your years of flatbedding, I think you had some of the coolest loads and some of the, the best pictures I've ever seen. Oh, they are. Uh, especially you had that, that long nose, short-cabbed Peterbilt hauling some of those scales out of the the, the scale factory. That, that, little, that little stubby nose, it was a 384 Peterbilt. Yeah, the 384. Yeah, so it looks like the 386 with the aerodynamic nose, only that front end is a little shorter and more curved, but it still had the chrome stacks. It still had the two-tone paint, 48-inch flat, flat top. And I will put a picture of that on this post. So uh, when when this post goes up, which will be towards the end of the week, uh, it'll be there. You'll like that picture. That just was my, awesome. That was just a blast of a truck to drive. Got lots of compliments. Uh, I put I did the article. I published one here last week on uh, jobs for drivers under twenty one. Yes. And in there is a picture of a three seventy nine bark wagon getting loaded up in International Falls. Okay. That was a 2010. I took that truck uh, brand new. That was either a 2010. No, not 2010. No, that was a two. I took a new 2000 and I took a new 2004. So it was one of those two. One of them. Yeah, it was one of them. But I, I recognized the loading, the crane that I was using to uh, load that thing or the, the bucket loader to. Uh, so a great picture of it on that post. So, yeah, check that awesome. out. Truckingafterhours.com. Speaking of which. Trucking after hours at gmail.com goes right to us. Feedback at trucking podcast still works. I had a request and I'm not going to open it. I'll, I'll uh, save it for uh, uh, next week, but uh, about livestock rules. And I just got that email yesterday. And I'll look that up livestock and agriculture. They've done some uh, hours of service variations. We'll talk about that. I was going to say, didn't they, they just changed some of that stuff? They just did. And we will get to that. Don, let's. Awesome. Let's do this week in beer, and we can wrap this thing up here pretty quick. Uh, I am not going to lie. I am I am excited about this week in beer. Now, what are we about <laughs> a week away from here? Speaking we of- are, uh, well, uh, a week from, for us, this coming Tuesday. If you're listening to this after it, it's published, it was a week from last Tuesday, is St. Patrick's Day. Yay! Uh, I... <laughs> We went shopping today. I spent a little too much money, but I have a 19-pound corned beef sitting in the freezer. Oh, my Lord. 19-pound <laughs> corned beef. Oh, yeah. Holy I found cow. the biggest one I could. I'm so excited. I had corned beef and hash for breakfast at the restaurant today. Oof, I, I love corned beef. I also love beer. St. Patrick's Day is green beer time. Uh, there's there's a lot of confusion, apparently, on on 
how to make green beer. Um, the bars that serve green beer, I always assumed you get that from the brewery. No, you want to have green beer, you know, green tap beer served at your bar. Some poor schmuck in the warehouse literally will spend three days and his hands will be green for about a month dying all these kegs that need to go out uh, green. Don't go through that hassle. You can do that on your own. Uh, this article is from Esquire. They do have some cool stuff on their website, I will say. Um, you, you know what make- I love about our, our This Week in Beer stories? What's that? I just go to Google, put in beer, and then down below where it says um, video, photos, news, just hit news. Yeah. And find the best story. You do. It's awesome. Yes. Okay, let him finish now. Go Continue. So Esquire here decided, hey, we we want people to know how to properly make green beer and what's going to give us the best results. And they tried some, not going to lie, some disgusting stuff. Uh, For example? Uh, they <laughs> they did one using a shamrock shake, the famous minty McDonald's, uh, McDonald's milkshake. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Mixed that up with some beer and... One of the reviewers said, you know, it really wasn't that bad, but the guy writing the article said he's he is quite obsessed with shamrock shakes. So it didn't matter what you mixed it with. He'd say it was the best one. Uh, They used some kind of algae that apparently is very popular with with health nuts. Uh, Spirulina. I don't know. Uh, That that didn't work. Very chalky. Didn't really mix in with with beer that well. Yeah, well, uh, you just shake it before you open it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they tried adding a green tea. It gave it an okay green color, but it, it really messed up the taste. I can't imagine that being good. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the shamrock shake. They did say it, it was very creamy, almost a, a melted marshmallow consistency. Oh, man. Uh, lime jello. It gave, hands down, a, a very green, but it looked like something out of Ghostbusters or Alien Green. Almost like glowing green. Oh, wow. I like that. Uh, and very, very foamy. <laughs> very foamy. Uh, the the winner, and everybody should know this, is you, you just use green food coloring. I like that. You miss don't, the... don't put it in the beer. You put it in the glass and then add your beer. You that missed the pureed sense. spinach. Oh, well, that's because I refuse to eat spinach. <laughs> Pureed spinach? Yes. Yeah. What the heck? It, it was It was also gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. you just puree it and get it into kind of a, a paste and oh. try and mix that up with, with some beer. Do you remember, Don, your lunches for St. Patrick's Day? I do. Day? <laughs> I do. I had... You were one of the most creative decorators I think I've ever known. She and still is. Just... Great. I mean, every every holiday was always fun. It didn't matter how minuscule <laughs> the holiday was. You know, we're not just talking Christmas and Easter. It was it was every holiday. We're not even so, Irish. St. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day, you know, I I would go to school. First, we'd wake up in the morning and, you know, the <laughs> leprechaun had pissed in the toilet because it's green. <laughs> and not just one time, you know, uh-huh, they put food coloring in here. Well, then you flush the toilet. Oh, it turns green again. <laughs> you know, awesome. I can piss in here twice and it's green. Uh, we'd have usually 
the um, a sandwich. I believe you drew a shamrock on it once on the bread for my sandwich. Yeah. I would have a a green apple. Uh, the every now and then the green. What were they? Snowballs. Snowballs. Little green hostess. snowballs. Yeah. Yeah. Green we drove, snowball. We drove all uh, over Portland looking for those. <laughs> oh yeah, she <laughs> would be not be easy to find. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, not only does she have to find them, she has to find them on sale. It, it is it well, is an effort. <laughs> yeah. And even even green milk, the, yeah. the milk in my thermos would be dyed. And that I'm not gonna lie, everything else was cool, but then you you pour that green milk out, and then the kids. <laughs> that's when the kids are start to get concerned for your safety. Going, do, do you not have milk? <laughs> Is this the milk from last year? <laughs> oh man, we did have fun, and it was funny because oh. just today, or yesterday, you were talking about the corned beef. Yeah, I haven't made it since. For years, since all you guys left. Oh, I, I, I'd love it. Um, Obviously. <laughs> tried it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to actually cut it in half, and I'm going to do one, you know, crock pot style. You throw it in there with, you know, a whole head of cabbage and about five pounds of potatoes, and oh. I eat it for a week. Yeah. I lose 30 pounds, <laughs> and our septic bill is insane. <laughs> but it's it's really good. Now, Don, you like, the, you like corned beef. Do you like sauerkraut? Oh, I love does, sauerkraut. He does now. Do you like rye uh, bread? I hate rye bread. Oh, so, I so, cannot. The smell of rye bread. So you, so you, so you still don't do uh, Reuben sandwiches? A, I will not eat a Reuben. No. Oh. I have made a, a very good uh, Reuben, like hot cheese dip. Hmm. It was phenomenal, and you're supposed to serve it on like rye bread crackers. And you no, know. I eat it nacho chips. Oh, that'd work. That'd I thought work. probably yeah. with a spoon or a spoon. It, you yeah. can eat it with a spoon. Too. I knew. Yeah. Now, in, um, in my opinion, and I know it's not your thing, but one of the best Reuben sandwiches uh, are Arby's. 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 I've, really I've good actually one. tried one on one of their King's Hawaiian rolls. Hmm. And that was that was good because you've got you know the the saltiness of the meat, you got the tangy with the sauerkraut, and then that sweet King's Hawaiian roll, I like really it. good. I'm getting hungry now, damn it. Oh man, oh, it's okay. No. I have I have half a ribeye left on my dinner plate. I think <laughs> oh, I'm wow. gonna eat some of that. I have a piece of pizza that's been on the dashboard of the truck for about three weeks. It's turning green. I'll save it for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> No, I don't get why people get so scared of moldy food. It's penicillin. <laughs> you know yep. what? S speaking of that, let's finish it up on this. Uh, one of the things they did at our safety meeting was, uh, uh, and that was actually the president of the company, he watched a presentation on uh, the coronavirus. And there were some interesting things on there. One of them was, what do they say the fatality rate is on it? Like, to be quite than, honest, I don't listen to it's it. It's like less than... It's, it's such a hype. He, he Yeah, it is. It's a horrible hype. In it in is. in Korea, because they've set it up in Korea, there are testing stations everywhere. So their amount of people tested are higher. Yeah. And of people so you're finding there's a lot of people who might catch it, they think it's the flu, and you know, and they get over it and they go on. Nobody ever diagnosed them. You get no. sick and you get better. Well, there they know who those people are because pretty much everybody tests and it's less than zero point six percent that are serious issues. And it was funny, the three things, the, th the top three things, not just for that, but just to staying healthy, to not getting sick. One was getting your sleep. Yep. 
Two was wash your damn hands. Yeah. Yep. And three was vitamin D. Take sun. A, take a vitamin D supplement. If yeah, most people don't get enough sun. No, not this time of year. No, and I've I've been doing that just what two winters now. I've taken vitamin yeah. D. I sleep better taking that. You got to be yeah. careful. You can take too much, but. Uh, and I've I've guess I've always paid attention to the lack of hand washing when I am in a a public restroom, which, thanks to my job, I frequent several gas stations and and bar restrooms. Nobody washes their hands. I, I would say. 50% of the people that are going to be leaving the bathroom when I am in there washing my hands will see me washing their hands and then they will wash their hands. But if I wasn't there washing mine, they would leave and go reach into the bowl of peanuts that sits out on the bar. Yep. That's why you know, it's, I don't it's do just, it is disgusting. Yep. You walk into the truck stop, you go in and use the bathroom and there's five other guys in there. None of them wash their hands. They get to the fried chicken first. They're fingering through it, looking for the drumsticks. Uh, yep. I get a menu. Oh, yeah. would you like a salad with that? Does the salad come from the salad bar? Yes. No, I'll take something else. I'll take the soup. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Take me anything that comes from the kitchen. That's why I like an omelet. It's cooked. Absolutely. What do you say we uh, back this thing out and uh, put her into gear and off we go? I don't like backing up. I do it 50 times a day. The beep, beep, beep. The beep, beep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have have beep, beep, beeps on all of our spotter trucks. Now, I know they're on your truck, but you said you did it. So I wondered if you. Yeah. yeah. He sits in there and goes, beep, 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 beep. beep." (laughs) You know, here's a question. We have a couple of our our older trucks that have the, the backup beeper on them. Does anybody make some kind of conversion so when you plug into a trailer, it beeps at the back end of that trailer? You know that I don't I know. know my truck's beeping, but if I'm behind the trailer, you can't hear it from the truck. You remember? And our truck, our trailers are only like 32 feet long. Yeah, that's weird. Do you remember the white Chevrolet four-door 3500 that we had the flatbed on, the, one of the last trucks we bought for livestock hauling? Yes. Okay, when we had that, and it was a nine-foot flatbed with the corners angled for the trailer. But when we bought that, that flatbed came with a backup alarm. And the day we got it to the barn, and as it's backing up, the boss is saying, oh, good, I think we get a discount for that. And I found where it was, I removed it, and I beat it with a hammer. (laughs) And he says, why did you do that? And I said, so you don't get any stupid idea of putting it back, because I'm not driving it. No. (laughs) That was the end of that. <laughs> I, I will say, I don't, the the two newer trucks we have, the automatics, I don't like the backup beeper on those because it's literally right underneath uh, like the fifth wheel. Yeah, and you hear trailer. it. So all you get is an echo coming right back at you in the yeah. cab. I mean, I get it in what I am doing because yeah, there are people around and there are people who are too stupid to look. Even when something's going beep, 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 and backing up at yeah. it, there are people who will walk between you and the trailer. Oh, yeah. It, and it floors me, the stupidity that some, some people do. There's so much stupidity in this world. You it's just, not even. You just can't fix stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Those are the ones that I do want to hit and hopefully before they have, you know, reproduced. 
Yes. I, I think if we could eliminate some of the stupidity, the smarter ones might have a chance. But <laughs> Oh, ain't it the truth? Well, uh, boys and girls, if you want to catch this thing live Sunday nights, 845 Central on Facebook, we are here. We do the show, and we would love to have you join us there. Again, uh, facebook.com slash truckingpodcast, and that'll take you to Trucking After Hours because I changed the name, and it didn't change the URL. But we are still there and happy as can be. And, of course, uh, feedback at Trucking Podcast. The site's still there. There's a bunch of good stuff on uh, truckingpodcast.com. Check out podcast or podcast, truckingafterhours.com. I think you'll like some of the new stuff I've been putting together there. And, and it's a really easy site, some good content, and I'd love to hear from you. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I just realized something. What's that? Well, I... We're, blowing through things i just looked at the time i'm like wow we, we did go an hour yeah up until now every time i've looked at the clock i've been thinking wow we we're really blowing through things fast we've only been recording for 15 minutes <laughs> my so, clock hasn't updated on the laptop oh man <laughs> oh jeez. i have both has that one updated yeah and this one has i never it says it's 8 50 that's oh heavens <laughs> Well, you all drive safe, take care, God bless, and we will talk to you in a week. Thanks for listening. Drive safe out there. My life is grounded in the firm routine of coffee, sleep, and work. I am not poor.